Today. Say, this is for me. Today. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your sons and daughters in the house today. God, I thank you that you really did download this word to me uh, last night, Lord God. And God, I know that uh, it ministered to me, and it still is ministering to me. And God, I know it's going to minister to your saints in the house today. It's going to minister to your sons and daughters in the house today. It's going to minister to the ones who came just curious today, wanting to know what is this all about. God, every single person under the sound of my voice today is going to receive your word from you today for what they need for right now. God, I pray that you would just stir their hearts and give them ears to hear and hearts that would be obedient to what you're speaking in Jesus name. And all the people said, amen. And so this is the last week of a sermon series that we've been doing called wanting more. And what we've been doing is we've been going over some of the, um, main passages in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet, and he was a prophet during a time that was really hard for his nation. He lived through what they called exiled, where basically he was, uh, him, he was a part of a group, a second part of a group that went from Israel into captivity in a foreign land. And God ministered to him and through him to the people that, he, that were in captivity. And so at this point in Ezekiel uh, chapter 37, which is what we're going to go and dig into today, when he, he was in captivity and yet he still had hope for the future. And there's some of us in here today that are in bondage, if you will. We're, we're going through some things. Maybe there's some areas in our life that aren't where we want them to be or where we've seen them to be. And I'm here to encur- give an encouraging word for you today that there is hope. There is hope. So we're going to talk about the dry bones, the valley of the dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37. And this is probably his most known vision. And God, I believe, has some great application from this passage for us today. And as I was praying about what to title my message, for the Lord said, over my dead body. Can you say that with me? Over my dead body body. The Lord wants to speak an encouraging word to you today to not give up. Sometimes we need to get a resolve about us. Sometimes we need to have some tenacity. We need to sometimes say, no, I'm not over my dead body. Sometimes we just say, we need to say, it's not going to happen, devil. I'm not going to give in to your lies anymore. We need to speak to our own flesh and say, no flesh. I'm not going to listen to your desires anymore. I'm going to trust the Lord because the Bible says in the New Testament that even if you gain the whole world, what does it profit if you forfeit your soul, friends? There's something greater than even our body, and that is our spiritual body. That is the spirit man that lives in us, and that's what I want to speak to today. So let's dig right in. Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'm going to read this from the message version today. It says, God grabbed me, God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain, stern with bones. Okay, you guys know probably in in other translations called the valley of bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, Master God, only you know that. He said to me, prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the Master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you'll 
you'll come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. You'll come alive and you'll realize that I am God. Can someone say that today? God is God. He is God, friends. And even when situations seem hopeless, God is God. And it's not over until God says it's over. We need to align our belief. We need to align our mouth with what God says. In verse 7 and 8 says, I prophesied just as I'd been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound and, oh, wrestling, rustling. The bones moved and came together bone to bone. I kept watching sinews formed, then muscles on the bone, then skin stretched over them. But they had no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, 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 tell the breath. God, the master says, come from the four winds, come breathe, breathe on these slain bodies, breathe life. So I prophesied just as he commanded me, the breath entered them and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army, say huge army. Then God said to me, son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. Listen to what they are saying. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. There's nothing left for us. How many of us have been there? Hopeless situation. Therefore, prophesy, tell them, God, the master says, I'll dig up your graves and bring you out alive. Oh, my people, then I'll take you straight to the land of Israel. When I dig up the graves and bring you out as my people, you'll recognize that I am God. I'll breathe my life into you and you'll live. Then I'll lead you straight back to your land and you will realize that I am God. I've said it and I'll do it. God's decree. Friends, this is a vision of the resurrection from death to life, friends. And this was fulfilled, not just in what Ezekiel saw for the people of Israel, but God, he saw into the New Testament, into the new covenant that Jesus would conquer death and the grave. And that because of him, we too can be victorious. See, some of you today are feeling discouraged, maybe even hopeless. Maybe you've had an unwanted diagnosis that you've heard from the doctor, an unfavorable one. Maybe you've had a job that you've lost or a job that you didn't get called back to or not the promotion that you thought that you deserved or not the bonus that you thought that you were going to get or not the tax return that you thought it was going to be. Oh, Obama only did that to me. Okay. Maybe some of you guys are on the verge of divorce. Maybe you're dealing with a rebellious teenager. Maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Maybe you are going through something so personal you don't even know how to even speak it out loud. Maybe you're dealing with fear and anxiety that's keeping you up at night and you can't even sleep. Friends, I want to encourage you today that it's not over until God says it's over. That we need to get, God wants us to get a resolve today. He wants us to to build up our spiritual muscles today that we're going to say, flesh, not over my dead body. Devil, not over my dead body. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. And I'm not going to give up. So friends, I believe the Lord is telling us today and going to show us today how to go from dry bones to an army of believers. 
So there's four necessary stages in this journey that the Lord showed me. The first one is that we need to recognize the condition our bones are in. You see that right there in line one? We need to recognize the condition our bones are in. <laughs> well, sometimes we're in denial. My dad used to like to say, I swim in the, in the river of denial. <laughs> Gotta love his cor corny humor. Friends, sometimes we need to just take an inventory of what's going on inside of us. See, because dry bones are, can represent, friends, areas in your life that are dead because of sin. Areas in your life that you haven't had victory in because of sin. See, Matthew 23, 27 in the American Standard Bible says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you, like, you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of what? Dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Luke eleven forty four says, Woe to you because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. Friends, before our bones can live, we must have a picture of the condition that we are in before the Lord. See, two observations here from Ezekiel 37 about the bones that I want to bring up to you. And this is from the Matthew Henry's commentary, which is my favorite commentary. And it says, but scattered upon the face of the ground as if some bloody battle had been fought here. The slain left unburied till all flesh was devoured and decomposed and nothing left but bones. And those disjointed from another and dispersed. When I read that, I had a picture in my mind like of the Lord of the Rings. Did anyone ever watch the Lord of the Rings? It's one of those movies that we watch kind of, it's one of those annual things. My man really likes that one. And so I, I, I bear through it because he bears through, you know, love comes softly for me. So I'm watching Lord of the Rings usually yearly. <laughs> Right? And, and so as soon as I read this, I have this picture in my head of one of the battles where they came up and all these bones were just like put up, up just a pile full of bodies. And I thought, man, that's what Ezekiel saw. It came a dry bones. It says it was sun bleached by the scorch, scorching sun. And so from that, I realized, you know, sometimes it's because of a battle that bones are, get dry. Sometimes it's because we're trying to do something and instead of realizing that our weapons are not of this world, that our weapons are heavenly we weapons, that we're not to fight the carnal fight, the fight of the flesh. See, Ephesians 6 says that our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but oftentimes when we're going through things, instead of going to the Lord for it, we try to handle it in our own strength. And what happens is a battle comes to us, a spiritual battle, and we are not ready. Because we're trying to fight a spiritual battle with carnal weapons. And we wonder why our bones are achy. We wonder why we're feeling a little dry inside. We wonder why we're not feeling the life of God like we once used to. Friends, God has never, he never wanted us to fight a battle by ourselves. Some of us have been fighting a battle by ourselves and we feel it down into our bones. Another observation here that Matthew Henry made is he passed by them roundabout and he observed not only that they were very many, 
For there were a multitude gone to, to the congregation of the dead, but that lo, they were very dry, having been long exposed to the sun and wind. The bones that have been moistened with marrow when they have been any wild dead lose all moisture. They are dry as dust. Friends, Ezekiel was a man of God surrounded by death and despair as far as the eyes could see. Only brokenness, emptiness, and death. It's called the valley of death. This is what's going on, friends. It's not just some of us. It's a lot of us. The body of Christ has forgot what it means to be the body of Christ. And we're walking around like skeletons, just bones. Maybe moving still, but no flesh, no heart, no spirit, man. Friends, we've got to get to a place again where we recognize where we're at, that we can say, no more. You knitted my bones together in my mother's womb. You can do it again. You can do it again. See, some of us are in a valley of death in our own life. Dreams have died Marriages have died. Ministries have died there. But friends, God wants to breathe life on you again. Some of us have some death lingering in us, and we've ignored it for too long. It's time to say, no more. Say it with me. No more. No more hidden sin. No more secret addiction, secret, secretly looking at things that we should not look at on the computer screen or on our smartphones. No more drinking, binge drinking and binge eating by ourselves where nobody sees. No more picking up bad habits that we're trying to hide from everybody else, but we know what we're doing and God sees as well. No more dry bones in my life. Maybe some of us are not personally experiencing dryness but we have death all around us in our families, in our communities, and in our, in, in our lives around us, and we've still ignored them. We've ignored it. It's time to say no more. No more. I'm going to be the representative of Jesus in my community, in my family. I'm going to be the representative of Jesus in my school. I'm not going to be timid. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to stand up for truth. I'm going to love people like Jesus loves people, and I'm going to carry Jesus everywhere I go. I was talking to one of our librarians over over our, our family utilizes our local library and uh talking about a situation that we're getting ready to go through in our family and was just sharing some things with her and and she said man you know in certain certain areas you got to be in certain arenas you got to be careful how much you talk about Jesus you know nowadays people have to be careful they say in public schools for instance how much you talk about Jesus and I said well I can't help but talk about Jesus because it's so much a part of me. Like, I just do it naturally. I said, I don't believe that you have to go to somebody that you feel like doesn't know Jesus or not going to church or whatever and be like, man, you're going to hell. Come to church with me Sunday. That's usually not the effective way of doing things. But I can't help but just talk about Jesus everywhere I go because I just love him so much and he's every day part of my life that I'm not going to be afraid to go into a place where they say Jesus isn't allowed and still speak Jesus. Friends, some of us have allowed the, the world and our culture to tell us Jesus isn't allowed here. And we feel like that's okay. See, this is the thing. Last week, Pastor Josh talked about Ezekiel where, where it says he's looking for a man to stand in the gap and pray. 
I want to present to you today, he's not just looking for a man to stand in the gap and pray, but he's looking for a man to stand in the valley of dry bones and prophesy. There comes a time that we pray, and then there comes a time, friends, that we get up off our knees and we put feet to our prayers, and we do. And sometimes we may need to feel this down into our bones. See, Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. Listen to this, friends. A fire shot up in what? In my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. God wants to raise up a body of believers that will not hold it in anymore. That the word of God will be shot up in our very bones. That we can't help it. It's going to come out everywhere. And it doesn't have to come out mean and ugly. But it's going to come out everywhere. We can't help but go befriend our new neighbors. Because we just got to let them know about Jesus. We can't help but stop. And listen, we can't help but stop and talk to the sample ladies at Sam's Club. Right, Mom? Because we just can't help it. We want them to come to know Jesus. We can't help but share our light everywhere we go because we want them to come to know Jesus. I'm telling you, when you get that fire shot up in your bones, God is going to start making opportunities that you weren't even looking for. This past week, or, or yeah, I believe it was this past week, we went to Sam's Club, not once but twice, because who doesn't love Sam's Club? So I went once with my mom and once with uh, my husband, or maybe it was the week before. But here recently, we went to Sam's Club. And there's a lady that was at the uh, sample stand that has gotten to know me because if you go into Sam's Club, you just can't help but get hungry because they got all those samples everywhere, right? So I make my rounds and I'm just like talking to people and I eat my little samples because I'm usually hungry when I'm shopping. I shouldn't be, but I just can't help it. They just look so good. And then I always get sucked in by one sample and I buy something. Every time. I got these sandwiches last time. Ooh, they were so good. Anyway, so I go, and, I, and I'm at the sample, and the lady, uh, we've had conversations before, said, hey, are you still preaching? She had one, at one time, I guess, attended the, the church here or maybe Vision Kitchen. I'm not even really sure. And I said, well, yes, ma'am, I still am. And she said, can I ask you a question? And she started speaking to me about some different things that she was going on in her life, and I just started speaking encouragement back to her, and then she's starting to cry. And I, and I said, can I pray for you? And I, and I pray for her in Sam's Club, friend. She's the sample lady, right? And then I'm hugging her, and she's crying. And I look back, and there's some people like, what's going on over there? You know, lined up for the sample. I'm like, God just moved in Sam's Club with the sample lady in front of people lined up for some samples. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't going there thinking I'm going to get somebody saved today or I'm going to pray for somebody. I was just going in there with my mom, getting a few things and tasting the samples. But listen, friends, when the fire is up in your bones, it's going to come out whenever God wants it to come out because it's there. We need to get to the place where it's just there and we can't help it. We can't help but share his goodness because it overflows. Psalms 35.10 says it like this. All my bones will say, Lord, who is like you? Who delivers the afflicted from, the, from him who is too strong for him? And the afflicted and the needy from him who robs him. Some of us have been bound up too long. We've let the strong man Satan keep us bound up. Some of us have been robbed. See, the Bible says he comes, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God comes through Christ Jesus to give us life and that more abundantly. Some of us are experiencing some dry bones. We need to recognize it in our life. We need to look and say, no more dry bones, no more. And then from there, from there, friends, 
We need to go to the next stage, the next journey, like Ezekiel did. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on you. We need to allow him to breathe on us, friends. The Holy Spirit can enable every believer to prophesy. The Holy Spirit wants every believer to speak life. See, Matthew Henry's commentary here, I love it. It says, this means used for the bringing of these dispersed bones together and these dead and dry bones to life. It must be done by prophecy. Ezekiel is ordered to prophesy upon these bones. Ezekiel then looked up and prophesied to the wind or breath or spirit and said, come, O breath, the breath upon the slain as good have been still dry bones as dead bodies. But as for God, his work is perfect. He is not the God of the dead, but of the what? The living. Therefore, breathe upon them that they may live. In answer to this request, the breath immediately came to them. See, note the spirit of life is from God. He, at first in creation, breathed into man the breath of life, and so he will at the last resurrection. Friends, God has always desired to breathe life into us and breathe life into our situation. Some of you might have dry bones in your marriage. God wants to breathe life on it. Some of you guys might have some dry bones in your finances. God wants to breathe life on it. Do you see what I'm saying? He wants to breathe life on the things that are dead in your life, the things that are unfruitful in your life. And he wants to say, be fruitful and multiply. He wants to say, be fruitful, get up and do what you've been called to do. But he has to, you have to get to a place where you allow him to breathe life on you. See, Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and man became a living person. See, Ezekiel answered God, only you know if these bones can live, right? He was a pretty smart prophet. God asked him a pretty hard question. I mean, can you imagine being Ezekiel standing in the valley of dry bones, and God says, Hey, Faith, I mean, I named you Faith, but do you got faith enough to, can these dry bones live? See, Ezekiel was smart. He said, only you know. I can picture that Ezekiel was thinking, well, you breathed life into man and created him from dust. I could, you knitted our bones together in our mother's womb. Only you know, God. Only you know. See, God gave man the first CPR, right? God created him from the dust, but he wasn't alive yet. And then God gave him his first CPR. Now God tells the prophet Ezekiel, just like I breathed life into mankind, I now tell you to prophesy. I now tell you, you have the breath of life. Prophesy. Prophesy. Speak life. See, the Bible says in our words, there is power of what? Life and death. God created us by speaking God and then breathed life into us. And then he said, I give you power to speak life. Prophesy. Friends, God anointed special people like Ezekiel in the Old Testament to breathe life into lifeless situations. But in the New Covenant, friends, Jesus gave every believer now the ability to breathe life into dead things. Let's take a closer look because there's a transfer that happens, friends. We see this in John 20, 19 and 22. And this, this is after Jesus was crucified and then resurrected. And he appears to the disciples 
And it says in verse 19, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy that they saw the Lord. And he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then what did he do? Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Friends, some of us still have dry bones and walking around like we're zombies for Jesus because we have not received the breath of life of the Holy Spirit in us. The Bible says that every believer can call things that are dead as, as though they're alive. In Romans 4, 17, friends, we have a transfer that has happened in the New Testament in the better covenant. Jesus said to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he, what? he breathed on them. See, the Holy Spirit is called our advocator, our teacher, our helper, our comforter, our leader. But friends, there's a next stage that gets even better. See, Jesus breathed on his disciples and they received the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, but they did not know how to activate the power of the Holy Spirit until they were baptized in it. See, the same was, the same was here true with the bones. See, they, they received the breath of God in Ezekiel. It says, God, told the, God, the master, told the dry bones. I'm going to reread it again. Watch this. I am bringing the breath of life to you, and you'll come to life. I'll attach, send, send you to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. You'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God. I prophesy just as I have been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound, oh, a rustling. Friends, sometimes God will breathe life to us, and we're no longer bones. We're a body. But because we have not been activated by the Holy Spirit, we're a body that does not move, friends. See, God wants to do more than just breathe on us. He wants to activate us with the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, there's always a sound. There's always a rustling. There's always a movement of wind of the Spirit that comes. Friends, I'm speaking a little deeper to you today because it's time to come off the elementary teaching and get a little bit deeper today. Get a little bit higher with Jesus because God wants to baptize us and activate the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us. Some of us have received the breath of God, but we're still a lifeless body. We need more. We need the sound, a rustling, a shaking. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, friends. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on his disciples, yet they were still not baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. They had to wait. Friends, we sometimes need to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Josh says, wait in prayer, walk in power. We want to walk in power. We want to walk and do some awesome things like Ezekiel. We hear stories of Steve doing some awesome things for the Lord and Pastor Josh breaking up game fights with blowing up shofars and different awesome things of people uh, getting saved. I, I know missionary friends who were, they were in high school faith, in high school, got up on the lunchroom table and started prophesying and praying and, and speaking Jesus' truth over the public high school and a whole bunch of them came to the Lord. My best friend, when she was in high school, led a hundred people to the Lord, friends. Come on. God wants to activate the spirit of God in us by giving us power to be a witness. But we've got to wait in prayer in order to receive it. See, Acts 1, 4, G 
one occasion when he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. Friends, I believe Ezekiel 37 was not only about Israel's restoration to their homeland. I believe Ezekiel had a sneak peek of the vast army of the New Testament spirit-filled believers. Friends, Ezekiel 37 is, the, is not the only place in Scripture where there was a noise, a sound, and a wind. See, Acts 2 Y'all ain't getting excited enough because this stuff is good. Acts 2 says, the Holy Spirit comes on them. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a what? A sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. Doesn't that sound familiar like Ezekiel 37? A windstorm. After the breath came, there came a wind, a sound. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then they looked like flames of tongues of fire that appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Friends, there is only one way to enlist in the vast army of God, and that is to be filled with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Not only do we need God to breathe life into us, we need the Holy Spirit to activate, be activated in us so that we can have the power to be a witness in this world. I'm tired of boring again Christians. I'm ready for some real boring, boring again Christians. And I'm ready for some real born again Christians that are not just baptized in water for the repentance of their sin in the name of Jesus, but are baptized in fire with the Holy Spirit. That we're going to go out and actually live this thing, friends. I'm telling you, when you do, it is exciting. It is an adventure. Yes, sometimes God's going to call you out and do some things that are are, are scary. God has been here recently asked me to do something that I just didn't want to do, which is not normal for me. Usually I want to do what God tells me to do, but... There's been a few times in my life that he's asked me to do something that I thought, hmm, that doesn't really make sense. For instance, over 10 years ago when he asked me to plant a church in a church building that was already a church, I said, hmm, I'm not really sure about that, God. I think there might be a better way. And then he spoke to my husband and said, if you do not step up and do it, I will find somebody else. I said, whoop, it's time to say, submit and say, okay, God. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do, but friends, when you are filled with the power And the boldness of the Holy Spirit is going to help you get through it. I believe the reason why we don't have victory in our church the way we need to have victory, and I don't mean just here at Vision, but I mean in the church, is because too many of us shy away from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about a couple hindrances to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I do that? (laughs) One, fear. Can you say fear? Now, let me tell you something that's funny to me. Our culture is obsessed with scary things. I mean, look at, look at the top movies, even our, our TV movies that are on. I mean, vampires and werewolves and fights between vampires and werewolves and zombies and, and a zombie apocalypse and all these things. And we love to watch it. But boy, when we get to church and the preacher starts talking about the Holy Spirit or, ooh, old school, the Holy Ghost. We're like, oh, that's one of those scary churches. They're a little weird. They do a little weird stuff. I don't know about that. Listen, you was just watching the the little demon-possessed movies with with people's heads turning around and wasn't scared then. 
But you get to church and God says, I have this for you. And you're like, oh, I don't know about that. That's scary. Fear is going to keep you because Bible, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, friends. That power is the Holy Spirit. In, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when it says, the Holy, wait for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come on you and, and give you power. That word power in the Greek is dunamis. That means dynamite, friends. That's explosive power. That's going to blow some stuff up. That's some good stuff, y'all. Y'all need that. I'm telling you, you need it. And when the Holy Spirit came on the people in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2 and all throughout the book of Acts, this was very common for the New Testament believers. They were filled with a prayer language that is called speaking in tongues that is a perfect language that the Holy Spirit inside of you prays when you don't know what to pray. That's what Romans 8 says. But we're like, that's weird. I don't know about all of that. Well, I'm going to tell you, friends, I don't know how you live a Christian life without that because... I don't know how to ride down the street without speaking in tongues because somebody's bound to make me upset. I just need to start praying in tongues because, listen, then my mind shuts off and the Spirit of God comes over and and prays a perfect prayer. Because, listen, even my flesh, sometimes even in my prayers, my flesh can get in the way, right? My my soulish realm. I'm I'm talking deep, guys. Wake up, man. Wake up, okay? Because we need to go deeper. Tired of the elementary stuff. It's time to go deeper. But sometimes when we pray just in our regular language, and the Bible says we're to do both, okay? We're to pray in the spirit, and we're to pray with, with, with words, okay? But sometimes when you're praying with words, it can be from the soulish realm. Well, what do you mean, Pastor, from the soulish realm? Can you go ahead? What do you mean, Pastor? Let me tell you what I mean, okay? The, so, the soulish realm. Sometimes we're praying out of the soul, which is, our mind, our will, and emotions, especially the emotions. There was a time I was praying in the soulish realm with this last baby that I was pregnant with, and I wanted a girl so bad. I only had one girl, two boys. It was time. I was in the soulish realm with this. I really had myself convinced I was having me and there a girl. So much so, I was crying before the Lord, and I felt the Lord tell me, I'm being real. Can I be real with you guys? I thought the Lord told me, but my soulish realm really told me, you're going to do this great, awesome thing with women, and, and it's going to be a sign because I'm going to give you a baby girl, and I'm going to church. I'm having a baby girl. I know it. I know it. I had my husband convinced. Listen, God spoke to my husband and said, I give your wife what she wants because I begged him for that last one. He was done at three. I'm like, I need one more, one more, one more, four, and we're done. Okay? He woke him up in the prayer room. He might have been avoiding me. And... <laughs> told him, give your wife what she wants and name him Justice Michael. So he woke up and we're talking about this. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. See, I know, I knew you were supposed to give me another baby. Come on, let's make this a Justice Michael. And then we said, and if it's a girl, we'll name her Justice Michelle. I mean, I didn't even think anything of it. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I got myself convinced, and I'm like, I'm going to raise up this women's ministry, and I'm going to have many daughters, and this is going to be a sign. And I come to church one Sunday, I'm out there in the foyer, and I'm holding little Anaya, such a beautiful girl. Second to just Julie, in my opinion, of course, and I'm just looking at her, and I'm like, <laughs> Angel would disagree, but I'm just looking at her, and I'm like, oh, she's so precious, I need me another one. And here comes Pastor Prophet Steve by me. Ugh, doesn't he get on your guys' nerves, y'all? And he looks at me with his baby girl, and I'm like, look, I'm going to have my own with my big belly. I'm going to have my own here real soon. 
And he gave me a look and walked past. I said, hey, what's that look for? He said, I'm sorry, but I saw you holding a baby wrapped in a blue cloth. he said it I knew I was wrong I knew I was wrong I knew I was praying for my emotions not from the spirit man so I said I'm going to take what the prophet of God spoke over me I'm going to Walmart as soon as church is over and I'm buying me a boy onesie and I did so the prophet said this I'm going to Walmart here's my boy onesie bam I got it right I get my onesie the next week I have an ultrasound because, you know, technology was made for a reason, thank God. And I get the proof of the little crazy picture that sure enough is another boy. The mother-in-law and my mom were celebrating, oh, what a mighty woman bringing forth another boy. I'm like, you sexist women, whatever, girls can do things for God. And I'm sitting there mad. <laughs> Me and Jubilee upset. And then I said, God. For some reason, you've equipped me to raise up these boys. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability to your glory, Lord. But friends, the reason I'm sharing that is because we pray from the soulish realm and call it God all the time. But when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and you can activate that power of the Holy Spirit and you can and you can start praying in the Spirit, it is a perfect prayer. And then you can activate that gift right here in the body and you can pray in the spirit and sometimes there's another form of prophecy it's called speaking in tongues with interpretation and if there's a, a tongue that goes out i haven't seen it happen in a while because we have been scared of the gifts of god and we need to get over it god will bring the interpretation too another thing that keeps us from it is unforgiveness sometimes doubt keeps us from it sometimes false teaching oh all the gifts died with apostles bull sometimes Wrong timing. Well, I prayed twice and God didn't give it to me. My son, Joshua, had been praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. With the, he got baptized at six in water. And he came up out of that water. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was all over him. Now, see, Shua got uh, saved radically. I was preaching on the radio. Josh was at home with him. He was listening and he was asking his daddy questions. I came home. Dude, is, Shua is four years old, laid out, weeping over his sin. I mean, weeping in repentance saying, I need God. So he had a radical salvation experience, and we, we, he'd been begging to get baptized. Well, we said, well, at least six, because then hopefully you can remember it then, you know. And so we, we let him get baptized at six. He came out that water, and, and Mom, you remember? We both thought he was about to start speaking in tongues. It was like all over him. We took him back into what the, is the baby's room now uh, for moms, but at that time it was just like a meeting room for us pastors, and, and he was just like crying, and it was right there. We started praying, baptize him the Holy Spirit. It was like right there. It didn't happen. So he goes home, and he's praying and praying and praying for three years diligently I mean he was on fire praying to get baptized in the Holy Spirit comes camp time he's nine years old three years later and the Holy Spirit comes and moves at our camp with all these kids church I've never even seen anything like that and faith got baptized in the Holy Spirit and then Shua got baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're speaking in tongues and here's my daughter Jubilee who's not even supposed to be there because she's too young seven years old she comes up to me and she says mom I want it but she's got it and he's got it, and I haven't got it. And, I'm pr and she's crying. She's a big, beautiful, little, big, brown eye. just love her. And she's just crying, and she's like, I want it too. I said, baby girl, if you want it, you look to heaven. You ask God for it, and he will give it to you. And she said, Father, I want it. Said, well, 
she starts, starts so loud speaking in tongues in a dialogue I've never heard. I mean, and then after that, everybody was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. If these little kids can have faith enough to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, friends, stop being afraid. It's the second work of grace. It's a free gift. I mean, I could preach all day on this. If my husband was here, he would be sitting right there going like this to me. And I still got one more point. <laughs> but he's not here, so I'm giving it to y'all. Point number four. <laughs> we need to not only be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we need to walk in the beauty that you possess. I love this scripture in Isaiah 6, 61, verse 3. It says, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord on display for his splendor. Friends, he calls you beloved. Today we sang a song that says, He's going to give you a new name. Three years ago, I was in a hospital and was very sick, sick with sepsis and was really kind of angry at that time with God. Went through some personal things, uh, financial things, went through some sickness, went through some lies and craziness at the church. It was a terrible season. I mean, I seriously was ready to quit the ministry. I really was. I was ready to give up. I was, psh, forget these people. That's how I felt. I was mad at all, y'all. You didn't even do no, half y'all didn't even do anything. I was mad. I'm like, God, I'm doing this for what? And I'm in the hospital angry and mad. And I start crying out before the Lord and repenting and asking God to forgive me. And he came in and he gave me a new name. He called me baby girl that day. And he showed me everything that he had in store and all the things and the plans that he said. And he said, there's a narrow wave coming. There's a narrow wind that's coming. The dry bones, friends, eventually become ashes if God doesn't breathe life on them. Do you see? God wants to take even ashes Beauty from ashes, friends. Do you realize that we were formed from the dust? Right, women? We were taken from the bone. Right? And listen, God's saying he wants to breathe life on us again. He's saying he wants to baptize us in the spirit, and he wants us to walk in the beauty of our calling. I don't mean this just to be feminine. This is for men, too. God wants us to walk in a splendor and a valor that we haven't walked in before. He wants us to walk upright before him. However, friend. We've got to want it. You are a child of God, and you are a host of the Spirit of God in your very body. Do you understand that? You host the Spirit of God in your very body. Do you, if you have ever had anyone over, some of you circle of eight leaders in here, and you have people come over to your home, what do you do to prepare? Dawn, what's some of the things you do to prepare when you have people come into your home for a circle of eight? You clean it up. That's number one. My sister, when, she, when I talked her or tricked her into this, she even planted some bushes and flowers out in her yard. I said, oh, look at her. I know people who were painting different things in their house. I mean, buying new little, I mean, they were preparing. They were making it beautiful. They were cleaning. Friends, we host the spirit of God in our very body. And we don't want to clean this up. Come on, friends. God wants to take beauty from ashes, but we've got to get to the point that we say, I want it. Do you want it? Do you want it? See, because you are beautiful. You are special. You are anointed, but now we need to walk in it. We need to walk in it. Some of you today need hope restored. You need to have a new resolve. You need to say, I will not quit 
when it gets hard. I will not walk away when things don't go my way because some of us are just crisis Christians and when there's a crisis, we run to Jesus and we say, fix it. And as soon as our job's right, our finances are better, our food stamps are in the first of the month, we say, I don't need you anymore, God. And we go take care of our own business. I don't know. (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) Listen, friends, when we're tempted to walk away from God, we need to tell ourselves, not over my dead body. Because even when I die in this body, my spirit man will live forever with Jesus. What does it profit a whole man, a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? It's time to enlist in God's army. It's time to really be the body of God. I hope I didn't preach over your guys' head today, friends. It's time to be the body of Christ. Be his arms. Be his hands. Be his feet. Receive the breath of life. Receive the Holy Spirit and the gifts that we need to win this world to Jesus. Amen. Stand to your feet with me.